0: Supergirl Radio is about to hit 100 episodes, and we are inviting you to help us celebrate. If you'd like to share your favorite moments from the first 99 episodes, what you like about the podcast, or just want to brag about how awesome Teresa, Carly, and Morgan are, you have several ways to do it. As always, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Supergirl Radio or post a comment to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Supergirl Radio. And now we're introducing a voicemail number, so if you'd like to reach out to us that way, you can call us at 678-718-7252. We hope to hear from you soon, and as always, thanks for listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to start doing some discussions about Supergirl Rebirth. And for this episode, we are going to actually discuss Supergirl Rebirth number one, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled by Emanuela Lupicino. Uh, the description for this issue reads, quote, Supergirl turns to the shadowy organization known as the DEO, which of course means Department of Extranormal Operations, to restore her lost powers once and for all. But as a fateful experiment sends Kara Zor-El rocketing toward the sun, disaster strikes at home in the form of the lost Kryptonian werewolf, Laron. All the epic action of the brand new Supergirl series starts here unquote so since we are a podcast about the tv show on the cw and since a lot of this comic series has a lot of ties to the show but is not exactly a tie-in to the show and it has a lot of similarities I, i thought we would start with that carly because i was wondering what you thought about some of the those slight little differences that are in supergirl rebirth that are not in the tv show
1: yeah, so the one thing that I'm noticing first and foremost is Kara's a lot younger in this version. Right. So she's not... she. They But they're basically giving her a secret identity, which I love that we're going back to the original... This is, like, way, way back to the original Supergirl's first appearance in Action Comics, where they, like, give her the brown wig to disguise <laughs> herself. <laughs> and, I,
0: and I'm like why can't she just be blonde? It's not that obvious. <laughs> well, to, to, I, I will say that I actually kind of like that she has the wig. Yeah. because no, I, I do I, too. Because I noticed that, and I, I'm really proud that you brought up the Action Comics number 252 uh, <laughs> reference there, but uh, there are a lot of blonde ladies in this issue. It's true. There's, yeah. there's Kara, there's Eliza Danvers, and there's Cameron Chase. So <laughs> I was like... Normally I don't care about that stuff, but in a couple of those panels, it was getting a little hard to tell who was who. You had to really pay attention to it. So I actually appreciate the brown wig because it will bring a little, you know, color to the, the comic series.
1: Yeah, even the very last panel where she's flying out the window, like, that's a clear homage to her first appearance ever. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it definitely it, it definitely seems like everybody skews younger in this. Like Cara's in high school at this point. She hasn't, you know, she's not like on the CW where she's got a job and you know, well out of school. And then Jeremiah and Eliza are younger too. Like they're not, you know, they're not older adults, it looks like. Oh yeah. It seems like it seems like they're probably it looks like they probably are closer to maybe being in like their thirties.
0: That's, Whereas that's opposed what to on the guess. show,
1: yeah, on the show, they're probably, I would say probably, like, on the show, they're, like, late 40s, 50s, maybe? Yeah. So that was interesting. And also the fact that it, you know, Supergirl's thing is she shows up powerless and makes a deal with the DEO because the backstory, I guess, is that Superman has died. Clark Kent has died. Kal-El. Um, as far as everybody knows, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the current Rebirth storyline, so I'll, I'll have to, you'll have to fill me in. Well,
0: <laughs> well, I need to fill myself in on that because I have been reading a little bit. Like, I read the Lois and Clark series, which I really liked, um, but I haven't kept up with everything that's been happening in Rebirth. So but what I kind of understand is, and if anybody listening to this wants to clarify... What I understand is that the Superman of, let's say, Earth-1, I guess. Maybe that's wrong. But there is a Superman who does die. Okay. And then there is the, um, I think what what people would refer to as, like, the post-crisis Superman. He's, like, from another Earth, I guess, Earth-2. And he ends up coming to Earth-prime, like, Earth-1. And he becomes the new Superman of that earth if that okay. makes any sense. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's sort of what I've gathered about what is happening in the current right. rebirth situation.
1: Yeah, because there's a whole thing at the end where she's having a conversation with Cameron Chase and it's basically this exposition, these like several panels of exposition where Cameron Chase is like, you know, Superman died, I guess the Superman of this earth died. Supergirl shows up without powers. They restore her powers by basically throwing her into the sun, (laughs) which I think is like, you know, it's such a great, well, I mean, if anything, I feel like that's really the only thing that would work because that's where all her powers come from. So like if she gets her powers from the sun, throwing her directly into (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, so, and she's only been on earth for a couple months as opposed to having crash landed on earth as a younger girl.
0: Yeah, I was actually surprised by that because they say that Kara is 16 years old at this time Mm -hmm. and that she's only been on Earth for a few months and that the Danvers were assigned by the DEO to be like her handlers (laughs) slash parents. And um, so it seems like they've only and I think it even references that she's only been with the Danvers for two weeks. So this is very, very early on, which I was kind of shocked by. But again, I think that also goes
1: back to her original comics appearance, where she was she was more of a teenager, mm. like she wasn't a young girl when she shows up. So I it, I think it's kind of it, it's it's interesting because it's taking characters from the show in in the Danvers, but then it's also finding ways to kind of um, give her give her origins a little bit of an update. So. I kind of like it though. I like that there's it's like a high school version. We get to see a little, you know, how she kind of will have to navigate that because we're not getting that on the show. You know, she's she's aged past that.
0: Yeah, she's an actual super girl, <laughs> I guess. Right. In, in in this version of it, um, I was. It took a little while for me to adjust when I was reading the story because the big difference I think for this is that there's no Alex and there's no Hank. And I I guess maybe they're not allowed to use them because of the show. I don't know. Um, But I think the way they're trying to use Jeremiah and Eliza as kind of their substitutes is an interesting choice. And one, I've kind of had to like, okay, this is what they're doing. I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm kind of trying to go with it because I've, I've gotten so used to... Supergirl working at the DEO with Alex and so for now to see her have to have those same kind of interactions with Eliza is very different for me so I it's but it's good I mean it is going to take a little while to get used to because it does seem like this is very early on in Kara as a Danvers so but I like your point that like we're getting to see things that we don't that we don't have the opportunity to see on the show. Like we have already seen her get the job at Catco and <laughs> get promoted and all of that stuff. She already had the identity. She had already been with the Danvers for a while. But this is a very different take, even though it has a lot of the same things. Like the DEO and Cameron Chase is different. You know, uh mm-hmm. she's kind of like the director of the DEO and that would be Hank slash Jean's position so that's very different but i i think they've done a, a fairly good job of being able to weave those new characters in. and i like your point also that they are taking these characters that were kind of created for the show and put them into the comic universe so i like that
1: yeah i mean and it, we have seen kara in high school on the show in flashbacks like there was that episode where um where we got to see a little bit more of Alex's backstory in which she had her like her wild phase mm-hmm. and before Hank, you know, kind of kind of party girl, Alex. Her, right. Party girl, Alex. And then we saw, you know, flashbacks to young Kara saving people, um, her and Alex kind of having, I would say like an on again, off again relationship as sisters. Cause it seemed like at some points over the course of the show, when you would see them in flashbacks, like younger, they were, friends and then they kind of got to an age like high school age where alex was like i don't want anything to do with you you're weird you know (laughs) and then and then it seemed like it seems like when alex kind of descended into her like wild girl stage that she and kara may have not really been talking at all so i mean i'm i'm hoping that the show We'll explore more of that in season two, because I feel like that could be really interesting to see how their relationship evolved over the course of, you know, their adoptive family. But, um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I got so used to having all of the characters that we know and love in Adventures of Supergirl. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment period in the first issue I did read the first couple panels of the next issue that is in the series though and it's 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 fun and cute so <laughs> spoiler alert, it's, spoiler it's, fun alert. Cute. it's fun and cute um, yeah I mean I think it's going to be an equally fun series and I'm looking forward to, to it I, and it'll be interesting to see how they how Kara takes a different journey and but maybe she'll just you know she we know she'll be the same character she'll be the same Supergirl yeah
0: <laughs> There there are those common common threads that go throughout any story. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked a little bit about Jeremiah and Eliza Danvers popping up in this issue. Um, What did you think about how they um, were as DEO agents? Because we haven't really seen, like, Eliza, we only know, kind of has like a medical doctor, kind of scientist background. And we know Jeremiah had some... Uh, some dealings with the real Hank Henshaw, but in this comic, we're seeing them as full-fledged DEO agents. What, What did you think about all that?
1: Yeah, I liked that they, it seemed like even though they really only knew Kara for a couple months, they had a really kind of fun relationship with her. And it's funny, too, that it seems like, I mean, Cameron Chase mentioned something about how I let you two get married and you still yeah. find ways to help me question that decision. And then Cara's like, I can hear you guys. Like, cause I think I, I, Eliza makes some comment about Jeremiah, Jeremiah's uniform. Like, Oh, that, that fits yeah. good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Carla's like, I can hear you guys like gross, you know? Um, so it seems like even though they've only really been living together and quote assigned to her as her cover parents, that, they already have a really good relationship. And even at the end when they're kind of cleaning up and Kara's is using her newfound powers to, you know, to zip around and, and she says sarcasm isn't unique to earth, you know, cause Jeremiah <laughs> makes some kind of joke like, Oh, you know, my, my, it must be nice. We, you know, we love, we love working to clear all this space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was showing, um, showing off a little bit maybe. Right. Yeah, she's like,
1: oh, you need help? He's like, no, we love doing this, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, you know, sarcasm isn't a unique unique to Earth. Um, so that's kind of fun because I think it, the fact that they are younger in this comic, I mean, it might that might also be, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily make it easier for, easier for them to relate to her. But it, it's nice because they all kind of have like a silly teasing relationship. Oh so. yeah,
0: like I, I felt like there was some heavy flirting going on between Jeremiah and Eliza. Yeah, uh, and I can, and I actually kind of like that. Kara was kind of irked by that, like it kind of, yeah. you know, because she is a teenager. So if you heard your parents maybe, you know, uh, saying some of the things they they were doing, uh, sort of <laughs> hitting on each other like that, you might feel a little grossed out. Like Um, la 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 la, right? (laughs) She's like
1: getting. She's as she's flying into the sun. (laughs) She's like, I can hear you guys. Like, please stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I I did like that, and I do think there is something to them being younger, um, allowing them to be more active they can actually get out in the field and and be part of the action like I I, I like I liked some of the panels that we got to see just a little bit of Jeremiah Jeremiah like holding a gun and running through hallways and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was really cool and and even right away I mean it it seems like Cara's only been with them for a few weeks but uh, I think Eliza has really taken and this is something I also thought was very different from the TV show. Was that when I tr- when I think back to the show and Cara's relationship with Eliza, she always calls her Eliza. She never calls her mom or mother or or something like that. Like Alex, it's Alex's mom, but Eliza is her foster mom. So I thought that was very different. That there was more of a mother daughter thing that was happening between Cara and Eliza in this issue. But yeah, I liked I liked. Uh... Eliza and Jeremiah in this one. And since we're talking about the DEO, we got a lot more Cameron Chase in uh, this rebirth issue than we did on the show. So um, what do you make of Cameron Chase in this? I liked
1: her trench coat.
0: Yeah. She had some, she cool had clothes. a boss coat
1: on. <laughs> it's like this long camel colored uh, coat. I was like, I want that. I want that for myself. <laughs> But she was cool though. Like she, you know, she came in. She was this authoritative figure. She had a gun. She was like taking command of everything. You know, she was like, "What Supergirl status? You know, come in." She's and I was like, "Yep, I'm here for it." <laughs> I mean, I, I, we all know, listeners, the listeners all know that I do love Hank Henshaw. But if we're gonna have anybody be the leader of the DEO in this universe, I'm kind of glad that it's a lady makes me happy,
0: yeah, and I'm glad that if we had to lose somebody like Hank um, to be replaced in this comic, I actually am glad that they chose to go with Cameron Chase because I've ever since I read the Chase um, graphic novel, the The Huge <laughs> Trade Paperback, I wanted to see more of her. And so I'm glad that I have an opportunity to read more of Cameron Chase because she actually is a really cool character. I don't know if they'll do some of the stuff um, with her in this that they did with her in in the Chase story, but uh, there's a lot of things they could do with her. So I'm excited to see more of what role Cameron Chase plays in, in Supergirl's development. And one of the big... Parts of this story is, in, we haven't really talked about the Kryptonian stuff, but we get to see a little bit of Krypton and of Zorel. and we get to know uh, a guy named Laron, who I've never heard of before. He might be new. Um, but he is sent into the Phantom zone because he's got a little bit of a problem. He turns into a werewolf. And so so Sorrel puts him into the Phantom Zone because he wants to quarantine him until they can find a cure to to help him. But he ends up crashing on Earth and causing a little problem for the DEO. So what did you um, what did you get out of? What did you um, make of this new Kryptonian character that we were introduced to?
1: Well, when I finally saw him at the end, I was like, uh, yeah, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was, ve- I was like, that is a very attractive character you have drawn. Um, no, joking aside, I, I thought it was very interesting that the, um, the issue actually starts with Laron, Laron, I'm not sure how to say it, pronounce it, but him actually being quarantined to the Phantom Zone by Kara's father. And, you know, who's I guess they're basically saying you're too dangerous because he's been poisoned by red kryptonite, which I I guess triggers his transformations. I don't know if it did it say in the issue, like, it, I think it might have just been like a random transformation and nothing really spurred it on. Or was it more like he like if he got angry,
0: I assumed it was a, a full moon. Um, oh, I mean, that's just what I ask. That's what I know about <laughs> werewolves. Yeah, so. That's true. Oh, no, it's true, though, because if you look
1: in the panel where he busts out of the he busts out of the thing, he says, oh, no, a moon. That's right
0: yeah so um <laughs> derp <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess the the full moon thing is the same one like krypton as it is on earth ignore me <laughs> it's a, it's i don't a, know it's i thought it was some question. weird
1: like i thought he was a weird kryptonian werewolf and the rule, normal rules didn't apply but i guess they're all the same no matter what <laughs> I, planet you come from i guess
0: as long as there is some kind of moon he has problems what does he say world light world light is a uh, what
1: what triggers it i think Oh, maybe. He says, "World light triggers my sickness. The transformation is nearly run now." So, it's interesting that he. I mean, he, I mean, it's interesting too that it wasn't instantaneous, and he was kind of he was trying to warn them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But couldn't couldn't actually stop in time, and then and then the other thing I thought was interesting was that he he's speaking in Kryptonian. No one else can understand him. Kara's Kara, recently empowered by the sun again or repowered, is flying back, and so then they're shooting at him because no one can understand him from the DEO because
0: <laughs> no one else speaks Kryptonian. So yeah, um, Eliza makes note. That. Eliza makes note that she knows it's Kryptonian, right? But yeah, I, I don't know that she can translate it or interpret. Right it. from I guess she says being around Kara, right? yeah yeah yeah
1: although i'm like why would Kara be speaking kryptonian it, i guess maybe to do maybe if she does it because no one can understand her and she can get yeah. away with saying some stuff
0: <laughs> yeah maybe it's like a ricky ricardo like he gets right. mad and cusses in spanish um, <laughs> i actually thought the, the lauron stuff was or, or lauron however we're gonna pronounce it um I, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked seeing Argo City, and I, I liked getting to see Zorel do something. um, and we'll we'll see if maybe in the next issue, maybe he uh, Zorel plays a bigger part because I don't know there was a little tease at the end of the issue um, where we might see Zorel again. Um, but i I thought it was it was cool to get to meet another person from Argo City or from Krypton. It talked about how Argo City was. Um, where the the citizens. There's a big motorcycle going by my house. It's very loud. <laughs> um, it's Alex and Hank going to a uh, project. Address. They're going to find Jeremiah Danvers. Um, <laughs> but but they make mention that like Argo City is where like the survivors of Krypton went. And I thought, well, that's a that's a neat take. I, I don't know that I've thought about that kind of thing before. Um, but I liked the the werewolf fight. I thought that was pretty cool. He seemed to be a little. I don't want to say dumber, but maybe less intelligent. Maybe, well, and maybe it was because, like, he, the way he spoke was right. very broken English and broken um, broken language, but maybe that was also because he was in a, you know, he was a werewolf, so maybe he couldn't speak very well as a werewolf. Yeah. Um, yeah. But probably
1: because he was, like, part animal at that point. Yeah.
0: So I, I thought that was, um, I, I thought the fight was really cool. It was, it was neat to see, um, Supergirl come back in just in the nick of time. And the the one line I thought that really impacted me in the story was, you know, he he blames Zorel for all of his problems and and for the deaths of his family and all this kind of stuff. And Supergirl t- is talking to him the whole time that they're fighting and mm-hmm. he when he's blaming Zorel, um, she says, you know, my father may have abandoned you, but I never will. And I thought, there's Supergirl. That's you know, yep. you 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 can have Supergirl fight all day long. You can have her flying anywhere or whatever. But I think when you capture the spirit of Supergirl, for me, it's that Supergirl is. She, I li- I per I like stories. I'm I'm more impacted by Supergirl stories where Supergirl makes a connection to someone else. You know, it's not it's one thing for her to save the world and save National City, but when she's you know, intimately connected to one person, and she's going to save that one person, I think those are the Supergirl stories that I'm most attached to. And in this story, she promises that she will never leave him and that she won't abandon him, and she even takes him to the, you know, well, he's already at the DEO, but she tells Cameron Chase that, like, he, he will become that alien time bomb if we give up on him, and I don't want to give up on him. And she says she wants to, you know, find a cure for him. So I think that, to me, is what made Supergirl Supergirl in this story.
1: Yeah, I liked too the fact that she's kind of talking him down a little bit as the sun's coming up and he's changing back. So it's kind of like, I think part of it is her words are getting through to him even more because that that side of his brain that's like angry werewolf, yeah, yeah, is like slowly starting to go away. Yeah. Yeah, but I really liked it. I I agree with you though. I think it's like, oh yeah, it's all well and good and when she can, you know, punch and fly and look really cool, but at the end of the day, it's I always really like it when she finds a way to connect with whoever she's fighting and really get through to them and say like I see you for who you really are and I see that you're you know, you're not this bad person. And I think I think the the, one of the things that I like the most is that she believes that people have the capacity to change and the ability to change.
0: Absolutely.
1: And she doesn't, and she, she knows how to fight, but what I think is the best thing is she doesn't stop fighting for other people.
0: Yeah. And, and not only does she have the belief that they can change, but she takes a step to actively try to help that person mm-hmm. in, in helping them get to a point where they can make the change. So, yeah, I like that about Supergirl. Supergirl, we love you. (laughs) Well, and um, we need to talk about the art because um, we are acquainted with Emanuela Lupicino because um, she did some stuff for Adventures of Supergirl. So what did you think about the art in this issue?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love Emanuela Lupicino's art, and I think that was part of the reason why it was a little bit easier for me to transition into this comic because I'm so familiar with her drawing Supergirl already. So I was like, oh, yeah. It still looks like her. <laughs> it's I mean, I think it's a, a slightly different version than the Adventures of Supergirl, uh, Kara. But yeah, I, do, I love the way that she draws hair. That's like one of my favorite things oh, about yeah. this issue. All the different hairstyles, even Kara's hair as the wig is different from her hair as Supergirl. And, and then there's like slightly different styles for Cameron and, and Eliza. So even though they are all blonde, <laughs> you can still, you can still kind of tell the difference cause it's like slightly different shades. Like there's a shot of them, the three of them in the DEO med bay looking at, um, Laron in the, like, he's like in the little chamber. And you can see they all have like it's like slightly color different.
0: <laughs> that's that's true. That is that's a good point because they you you do kind of can tell who each of them is in that one shot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's and it's funny that um, Eliza kind of wears the outfit that Alex does in the DEO. Yeah, like the black shirt and the pants. like that's that must just be the requisite deo uniform
0: (laughs) i think yeah i think that's just the attire that they are you know it's demanded upon them uh to wear i really like this art as well um my particular favorite uh moments in this issue um are pages nine and ten and i really like this little sequence like this is when supergirl is (laughs) going into the sun to recharge and regain some powers. And, yeah. and I like the way that this is structured with the different panels because it's it's basically the same shot. It's like, you know, if you were holding a camera, you're, you're not moving the camera, but you slowly see the ship that Kara's in go into the sun. And while you're seeing the ship go into the sun, you hear all the commotion that is happening at the DEO and how the DEO agents are having to fight this Kryptonian werewolf, and they're not doing so hot. They are losing this battle, basically, and and things are looking bad for them. And just as everyone seems to give up hope and they all think that they're dead, the very next thing you see is Supergirl popping out of the sun. And I thought that was very effective for me um, because when I was reading their communications, I was like, oh, no, there's something bad. I hope Supergirl shows up, and then she does. And I thought the coolest moment for me is when Supergirl's flying out of the sun and she hears someone on the comm link say help can anyone hear me and there's that great little it's a small panel that goes in the bottom yeah. of the screen and you see this close up like uh in in cinematography they would call that an extreme close up when you see just somebody's eyes and she just says I can and I was like that is a bad mofo moment yeah. right there <laughs> yeah. like I she, did like
1: I totally got chills. I was like, yes.
0: Yeah, that, that was cool. I think that was my favorite part of the whole, the whole issue. But I, I mean, the art is great. The, the werewolf is really cool. I would agree, uh, agree that Leron is a very attractive comic book character. Um, <laughs> I enjoy he is. His, he's super, as a, as a Kryptonian dude, Sans werewolf, he's super good looking. <laughs> I, um, I, I, of course, you know, there is some Kryptonian translations, um, in this issue but they basically translate it for you or for me <laughs> um so that was very helpful but there's a, a panel on page seven where he he does come out speaking some uh, kryptonian and i like the way his hair is kind of pulled up so i i do think he had some some great hair um so he, the, I th- i think that was my favorite shot of him but the kryptonian translations i had a really hard time with this one carly i I, maybe I'm out of practice, but when I was translating that that bubble uh, of him on page seven, I was just like, I, "This is nonsense." I, I could not make it, and I kind of think what I was trying to translate ended up being what the little yellow box is underneath it. So maybe it was sort of close, but like when I did it, it was like I I got where I be what something from Phantom. And then there was zone in there, and then what happened? And that's all I got. I was like, that is not even a sentence. So I don't know. I was. Ha- I don't know if anybody else struggled with that uh, Kryptonese Kryptonian translation, but I was off my game. I could not make that out. So I'm actually glad that they put the uh, translation in there because I failed at it. <laughs> it did not make maybe, any sense. Maybe maybe somebody wasn't entirely accurate with their. <laughs> Well, and I was, I was trying to justify my terrible translation by thinking that maybe, maybe he's like not thinking straight or maybe he's like disoriented and he's not, you know, he, he can't get out sentences the right way. And so maybe like it's kind of broken speech for a reason. I don't know. That's how I'm justifying my crappy translation <laughs> in this issue. But uh, yeah, so that, I, I was thankful in this case that the work had already been done for me because I did not do so hot. Um, but what were your overall thoughts of this issue um, in in terms of a new comic book uh, story featuring Supergirl and the the rebirth um, incarnation of her I liked it
1: I'm very excited because like I said before it's basically like Supergirl goes back to high school (laughs) Um, so that should be fun I'm kind of looking forward to her having to navigate that whole situation, and it looks like from one of the panels, there's going to be some girl, some angry girl in fishnets that might come back, I'm wondering. If, I was like, is that going to be a character that she becomes friends with? Because I feel like Carl would become friends with angry people, <laughs> and then and then like try to win them over, yeah, like yeah, people definitely- that are antisocial, and she just be like, yeah, we're friends. What? Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe seeing. Maybe they'll introduce some other new characters or characters from the show in a new way so that that's something to look forward to for sure.
0: Yeah, I was I was hesitant when I was trying to get into this because I I still like I have a few, you know, feelings to work out about it. But I think the issue was done very well. I think the idea of getting to see a different time in Cara's life is very exciting. Like you I I'm kind of excited to see what trouble she's going to get into in high school <laughs> and what she's going to encounter there, but I thought this this was a good introduction to what they're going to be doing with this rebirth version of the characters. So I think it will be um, a good read.
1: Be another good Supergirl comic. Yeah. In addition, this and the other one that's coming out, right? The Supergirl being super.
0: Yeah, that's going to be coming out. Um, and, and I guess we'll we'll have to read that one, too, and see what the uh, the difference is. Um, But yeah, so there's a lot of good Supergirl stuff coming out. So I I think the show is having a very positive effect of, you know, capitalizing on that and seeing that there are people who want to read this character in their comics. So I think that's very positive. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl Rebirth number one. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet,
1: Supergirl Rebirth number one is available in the DC Comics app, Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon,
0: and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and at iHeartRadio. We have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can go and check out our playlist and find our good tunes there. And we are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you've got some time, uh, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we are part of the DC TV podcast circle.
1: So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, and the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and
0: follow at DCTV TV podcast on Twitter. And like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. I am
1: Weekend Editor over at the Mary Sue, which you can visit at TheMarySue.com. Uh, mostly I'm on Twitter taking pictures of Supergirl ads on my commute and sharing them.
0: <laughs> which is great because I don't get those down in my neck of the woods. So it's nice to see that she's being um, promoted. Um, in all I know parts of the, the country. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. My subway stop, which I, I will not tell you which one <laughs> internet stalkers. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but the, the stop that I take the train to from my apartment has, at least one ad on each platform, which is very cool. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's the new it's the new CW promo. I shared a pic today, so if you follow the Supergirl Radio account, I sneakily retweeted my own picture because I can because <laughs> I can do
0: that. That's what it's there for. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. If listeners see
1: uh, Supergirl ads where they are, you guys should totally take pictures and send them to us because I want to see
0: I want to see where Supergirl is getting getting some ad love definitely that'd be awesome so definitely tweet us or post on facebook or um you can email us um all of those places you can send us a picture that would be awesome i'll take them <laughs> well and thanks for joining us as we read supergirl rebirth